To a new episode of Death Cakes, new mini soul. Got Digital Underground right there in the background. Same song off on their EP release, featuring a young Tupac. Some of you, most of you guys know that. Obviously, he was part of the group. Struck out solo eventually, and then the rest is history, as they say. So tonight, folks, I want to take you guys back. I want to take you back to episode four. Um, that was the episode when uh, Jay and myself we were talking about. Building our musical interest Early on in the episode I was talking about hip hop And how it had always been around But just around the time When I really started to sink my teeth into it My best friends at the time Weren't really into music Or one was but not that particular kind One wasn't a music fan at all And of course my parents Weren't really big on rap music So I described it as The first genre I really had to Navigate on my own And well to navigate the avenues, you need yourself a roadmap, don't you? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to share mine with you guys, which, if you heard that episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and that is the jukebox. As I go and flow to a different type of tempo, come on E, cause P keeps it simple, plus I'm striking like lightning, throwing blows like Tyson, slaying empties on a QT, sort of like a sniper, so if a sucker don't like me, the feeling is mutual, I tune my rhyme to a LRP, the shift the neutral, the crack of 40, over OE, the slaying MC, on the QT, so what's your name, come on you know it's MD, so while I'm wrecking, he's checking all the bodies that's left it's spring again, everybody know it's Tell the girls and boys and people above This is the time to fall in love Now fellas, have you ever met a girl that tried to front And wanted you to act like you was on a hunt I used to see my homeboys frowning and fret For a girl that always trying to play hard to get I know I quoted myself, I must admit And said anything you want, you gotta work hard for it Well, 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 I'll be 
made for my name and my fame Living like Gibbons, scheming on Tyson But she got lucky, cause he was a nice one But I ain't nice and I don't play that If it ain't tax, I don't pay that You think you're in cause you turned me on Here one minute and the next you're gone I made the rhymes, I made the cash Why get married and you take half? No, I ain't got no girlfriend No, I didn't buy no car No, I don't have no baby A lot of ladies Again, if you heard the episode, then uh, you know how I found out about it. My neighbors, uh, Karan and Antoine, they put me on to it. So I went on, went, I went home that night, went to my room, turned my TV on, and went to that UHF knob that's uh, usually always tuned up to 30. Well, in fact, it was always tuned to 30 because that was how we got Fox. Fox was channel 30 in St. Louis. But um, I turned that bad boy up to 58 like Karan told me. And lo and behold, he wasn't kidding. He's playing music videos. And it was within a half, the next half hour that my mind might as well have exploded because I was just getting hit with all of my favorites. I mean, all these artists I love. I mean, talking about MC Hammer, MC Light, Kumo D, LL Cool J, Biz Marquee, um, More Digital Underground, Kid and Play, um, Kwame, and all his polka dot, polka dot, polka dot outfits. Your life is played out like Kwame and the fucking polka dots. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, this is the first time they're actually able to put faces to the names because I didn't have access to MTV, VH1, BET, any of that. You know, so music videos weren't something I caught a lot of. Not until I found out about the jukebox. And so, really, it, it, it opened up a whole new world for me. Really, I mean, if you look back on, this is the summer of 1990. And so, uh, this episode, I'm going to kind of stick in that general era. Uh, summer 90, I'm going to go on through 91, maybe into late 91. This article I read a long time ago, I don't remember where it was, but they described it as 
you know, every single that came out seemed like it reinvented the music. And that's pretty true. I mean, you had all different kinds of styles, you know, at this time. You, in fact, there's a, there's a shift going on right there at the moment where, for the most part, rap was always coming out of New York and Philly, you know, generally based in the East Coast. I mean, you had your exceptions, obviously, Oakland, because you had MC Hammer blowing up at the time. You had Digital Underground, like I brought up a couple times in the show already. Um, too Short. You know, they're from Oakland, but L.A. was really blowing up, especially noticing a lot of these cats were coming from Compton. Straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. From the gang called niggas with attitudes. When I'm called off, I got a sword off. Squeeze the trigger and body's a hard dog. You truth boy if you fuck with me. The police are gonna have to come and get me off your ass. That's how I'm going out. For the punk motherfuckers that's showing I wasn't sweating shit because they had nothing for me. You know, the name alone, Niggas With Attitudes, they, you know, that was making headlines and their, their lyrical content and the images they were showing, you know, there were debates on whether or not this should be shown or played on the radio and all that. And I'd never heard them. And then all of a sudden, here comes Straight out of Compton. They play, someone had chosen that one and it's playing. <laughs> I said someone had chosen. I will explain how the box worked in a second. But that it came on and I'm watching it and I'm like, wow. And Overtime really did take the NWA a lot. And you're probably thinking, yeah, of course. I mean, you were a little kid. You know, the shock value, the gangster lifestyle and all that. That enticed you. Well, <laughs> you'd be wrong. I really didn't care too much about any of that. It was because the, it was the music. All of their, their beats, they were funky. They were fast, phonetic, you know, fast-paced and everything. It kind of reminded me of Public Enemy, who I was a fan of.
I guess some years later, you know, as I got older, really started to understand kind of their um, their content a little more. I realized that, you know, NWA and Public Enemy were kind of in the same, um, you know, kind of talking about a lot of the same things, make a lot of the same points, just from two different angles. Now, I'm not saying I was drawing those comparisons back then, but definitely the sound and the feel of the music. Anytime I saw the name Compton, you know, that, that, that city came up all the time, Compton. You know, there was in the songs, you know, they mentioned it, there's in the song titles. I mean, there's a group called Compton's Most Wanted, which is uh, where we got MC8. Anytime I saw that, I knew, okay, man, this, 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 this region, this city, this must be a new rap hotbed, you know, and it, and it was. It really was. You hear me use the names interchangeably, the jukebox or the box. When I first started watching, it was called the Jukebox Network. Within a year or so, they changed it. They shortened the name to the box. It's the same channel. And the way it worked was, I mean, exactly what you think. It's a, it was a video jukebox. So what you did was you called this 900 number. Do we, do we still have 900 numbers anymore? Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? Well, anyway, 900 numbers, those were toll calls. Um, I think they were $2.50 and then eventually went up to 3 bucks. But basically, you would, it was paper play, you know? So you would type in a three-digit number, which corresponded with the song and artist you wanted to hear. And then they would play that song. I never did dare call that number because, like I said, these were toll calls. And I didn't want my ass beat when the phone bill arrived. So I would just have to sit and watch. And you know what? I was perfectly, perfectly fine doing that because... I mean, people kept calling in and they kept the content coming. And for the most part, a lot of stuff is stuff that I liked. Now, how did you know what codes to press for which songs? Well, that's easy too. Um, at the bottom of the screen, during a, during a video while I was playing, there was always a ticker at the bottom, which had, you know, all the, all the songs that they had in the bank. And they had their, their, their three-digit code right there. So you would see it right there. So like I say, you wanted to hear... Uh, you wanted to hear Ice Cube, you know, type in 030. You wanted to hear, um, you wanted to hear the new Sir Mix-a-Lot, uh, type in 152, you know? And then also in between videos, there would also be these screens that would show, I think, uh, five or six songs at a time with, again, the song, the artist, and the three-digit code. Um, it would refresh maybe every 10-15 seconds five more songs and it would just keep doing that until the next video played so what was cool about the box for me was that I mean yeah I listened to a lot of radio when I was a kid but this was stuff that wasn't always getting played on local radio maybe it hadn't blown up mainstream yet maybe it hadn't blown up in this market yet or you know in the case of uh, NWA you know some of that stuff just wasn't getting played because of content reasons you know, so um, I'm catching all of this stuff on this TV, on this channel. So I'm being exposed to a lot of new music that I didn't know existed or that I just hadn't heard, I heard of, but hadn't heard up to that point. So there are plenty of artists too that I got put on to. I mean, uh, God, I mean, if I can go through all these right now, Special Ed, they play some of that. Uh, you had like a lot of political and. Um, you know, Afrocentric rap, you know, pro, uh, you know, some religious type of, um, like pro Islam, pro 5% artists like, uh, Poor Righteous Teachers and Brand Nubian. You had X Clan, who I'm gonna get into a little bit later. Um, you had, I think this is the first time I saw a, a tribe called Quest. 
and then later on, you know, as I kept watching, and then more of the videos came out, you know, grew to like that group, you know, um, Salt and Pepper. I think that was my first time seeing them, in, you know, on TV. You know, I'd heard their music before. Um, Boogie Down Productions. I mean, the list goes on and on. I I can sit here all day and just rattle off so much of this stuff. Excuse me, but I think I'm about to to get into precisely what I am about to do. I'm conversating to the folks who have no whatsoever clue. So listen very carefully as I break it down for you. Merrily, 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 high to happy overjoy. Please, will all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed? Look at who's throwing down the sound. Totally a yes. Let me state the position. Ladies first, yes, yes. your destiny fans but you diss them cause you think you're a star that attitude is rude you won't get far cause they're turning you quick you drop like a brick unemployment's where you'll sit no friends cause you diss them too no money no crew you're through you play yourself and it wasn't just rap i mean it was r&b this is like the new jack swing era where today it's par for the course, you know, you've got a lot of the so-called uh, popular R&B, which all the productions sound a lot like hip-hop productions. Back then, this was just getting started, you know, you didn't really have that before. And so, um, I think En Vogue was right there on the forefront of that. You know, they dominated radio, I heard plenty of their music, you know, now I'm seeing their videos. Uh, Tony, 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 who, um, uh, they kind of walked the line between both, you know, they had kind of a... they. They were kind of pioneers on both fronts. You know, they kind of pioneered what would be called neo soul in the later '90s, and then they were also they also came with the new jack swing approach a little bit too. So um, there was that. Oh, uh, I, I I really can't go without mentioning New Edition though. Uh, like this channel, I mean, they had a song bank of so many songs that were popular, but there was a lot of stuff from, I mean, even back in like the mid to late '80s that was still available up there you know so they played a lot of new edition even though by now in 1990 you know all those members it's it, it split off and gone in separate ways and you know um johnny gill had gone solo he was more um eh, he was borderline adult contemporary you know he kind of had a pop feel to it but he was you know a little more adult ralph tresvant just sounded like a continuation of uh, the new edition sound bell biv devoe 
DVD. You know, that, of course, that's uh, Ronnie, Ricky, and Mike. And, you know, they were huge. And they were some pioneers for the, for the New Jack Swing, you know. A lot of hits. They had a lot of their songs in there. And, uh, of course, we got to talk about Bobby Brown because, you know, for the last four years going in up to this and for years later, you know, the dude was everywhere. Well, I guess we're gonna have to take control. <laughs> yep. Man, it's really uh, kind of sad and tragic what happened with him and his career, you know, because... I mean, for a while he was owning the airwaves, you know, just, um, really bad. Oh, 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 shit. Okay, you know what? No, what? No, stop. Um, I gotta go back. Um, speaking of sad and tragic, um, we were, when I was talking about N.W.A. and, uh, you know, West Coast rap music, I forgot to talk about D.O.C. Yeah, this man, actually, he was... A, the bulk of uh, NWA's material is written by um, Ice Cube, MC Ren, you know, obviously the group members, and um, DOC was right there along with him too. And uh, he was Dr. Dre's apprentice, you know, before anyone had heard of a Snoop Doggy Dog. You know, it seemed like Dre had found his perfect match. And he honestly, he could have gone down as being one of the greatest of all time. He certainly laid the groundwork with his debut album. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. He was in an auto accident. I believe it was an accident, a car accident that uh, damaged his vocal cords, left him unable to, unable to speak, let alone rap. So, uh, yeah, and he did eventually get his voice, some of his voice back, and he attempted to come back in the mid-90s. I'm not going to talk about that because, I mean, yeah. Uh, let's just let's just act like that didn't happen. But um, he did leave behind classic album and some classic singles, which you're hearing right now. So uh, yeah, gotta give it up for the DOC. Yeah, unfortunately, not everything was good though. There was a lot of crap in there. I mean, just some some stuff that would get chosen, which I couldn't stand. But the people seem to like him. Like uh, there was this, there was this dude there named Kuiper. He had a song called Tic Tac Toe, which I don't know what the. It sounded like some shitty, like wannabe, wannabe like dance disco artist who like was trying to rap and he was, you know, made Tic Tac Toe into like some sex metaphor. It was a bunch of shit. Ugh, some of that crap. Uh, Depeche Mode. Who they had a few. They had like two or three singles in there. In that bank, and I, uh, I don't. I, I'm sorry for any fans out there, but man, I don't. I, I never was a fan. I, I don't like that group. I still don't like their music. And that fucking song is burned into my head. That one that uh, never again is what you swore. Jeez. Uh, and then uh, one more I can think of off top, and this guy, I mean, just the definition of whack. It was like. Uh, it was like, it was like you, it's like you heard LL Cool J's like I Need Love or like any other little ballad songs that LL Cool J did and decided to copy that but then forgot about all of the, 
MC characteristics that made L who he was. And so we end up with this like low-cal diet Nutrisweet version of the guy. His name was Candyman, which is fitting going with his with that bubblegum cotton candy ass flow of his. But uh, I mean, this song was complete crap. And for some reason, you guys like to keep you liked it because you kept playing it. Real pain in my ass. Listen, listen to this. Oh my god! Oh, just ah, uh, I've had enough. All right, moving on. Um, as you notice right there with Depeche Mode, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't just rap and R and B. I think um, the selections were actually chosen by a demographic. So, for instance, um, where I lived, predominantly black. So you had a lot of the rap and R&B stuff in there. But there was still quite a few pop and rock um, selections in there. Which I used to hate, hate when they played a rock song. Because they just, I, I, I didn't like rock back then. I didn't like any form of rock and roll. And... You know, I'd just be waiting. Anytime they played a rock song, I'd feel like, ah, oh, they're blocking, you know, a rap song that could be playing right now that I wanted that rather hear. And, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't want to hear no Duran Duran. I didn't want to hear Motley Crue. But there are exceptions to every rule. And uh, Mother by Dan Zig, that was one of them. Classic Danzig right there. Um, another one was uh, Faith No More. Epic. Fuck. Yeah. I'm telling, hey, you guys. Uh, I, I, I say I don't know why I like that song. I mean, it's, it's not a particularly great song, but whatever. It did it for me. And uh, when the first when the first rock band, uh, I think it was the first one. Might have been the second. But when one of those rock band uh, uh, games came out, that was one of the first songs I, I saw it in the bank and I was like, oh, I got to I got to get on the mic for this one. That was one of the first I rocked on the mic, man. I love that one. Took me back to when I was, you know, when I was watching the box, you know. about the box music video channel so I, I i've been talking about a lot of songs and stuff and you know that it's just sounding more like our music episode which hey there's so much music on there i can't go through this without you know just taking these breaks and just throwing a bunch of them at you but uh i guess we gotta discuss some of the videos huh 
yeah. So a couple of them I really liked. Um, uh, let's see, MC Hammer. He had a he had an extended cut of Here Comes the Hammer. The extended version was about 10 minutes, give or take, and it was him and his buddies, you know, his entourage, they got into his house, and different rooms in the house would center to different eras and of time and different dimensions and stuff, and each one would have a clone of MC Hammer dancing, and Hammer would be like, hey, that guy's up there stealing my moves, you know, he's copying my stuff, and so they run through and they dance battle each other, and uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just a crazy video, you know. I only remember seeing it a couple of times up there, but I like that one. Yeah, I mentioned uh, Mellow Man Ace earlier with his uh, Spanglish rapping. I got a better example though of that uh, of that style, and that was uh, by Kid Frost. He had a song called La Raza. Um, Mellow Man Ace, when he did it, I mean, I liked the song, like I said, but it still even seemed like it's more of a gimmick. Like, hey, you guys, look at me, look what I can do. You know, Kid Frost is just like so. I just, I always do that, and I'm gonna do it right now. And his flow was a whole lot smoother. It seems a whole lot more natural, and you know, not so much trying to, you know, use the Spanish as a gimmick. It's just, you know, that's just how he came with it. You know, so uh, the song was cool, real chilled out. The video, not that spectacular, but it's a, it's a touchstone because it's. I want to say it is the first time I saw lowriders, and had to have someone explain to me what lowriders were about. And hydraulics, which I'm like, whoa, what's going on with the bouncy cars, man? You know, and that's hydraulics, you know, so that whole car culture and, you know, on the West Coast. And I mean, just that was the first time I think I saw that. So that's that's another good one. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I mentioned X-Clan earlier. And uh, they had the video for Heed the Word of the Brother. That one is cool because it's, you know, it's got the group and they go out there. Just decked out and from head to toe, and like you know the the red, black, and green, and their um you know the necklaces, the medallions, the the uh, the staffs, and everything. Just I mean they they looked imposing and they look cool as shit. And they're going there's shots of them in the museum. They're going through the museum with a bunch of these uh black historical figures like. I mean, anybody you can name. I mean, Marcus Garvey, Bob Marley, uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, everybody. So, they've got that going on. And then, at some point, you just see them all together in the group. And one of the members is sitting there. He's just eating a watermelon. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, what? Not too proud to eat a watermelon? What? You know, I just... Honestly, I thought juxtaposed with everything else. I thought that was just... That was cool. It was almost comic relief. Uh, another one of the, another one of the rock songs I wanted to bring up um, was this group called Suicidal Tendencies, and I didn't originally like the song. I grew to like it just because it was I, it, it cracked me up just how angry and you know rant all the ranting and raving the dude was doing. It, and there's a point where he just goes off like just it gets away from the song and just is yelling at the listener or whatever. It's just it was a crazy song, but the video. There's a point in the early part in the video where the lead singer gets snatched up by the G-Man or the FBI, whoever they are. And they take him to some remote location. Like they're gonna beat him. Like they get they got not they got clubs and, and, and brass knuckles and everything. They look like they're trying to beat information out of him. And he's got people outside protesting outside of prison while they're about to give him the chair, you know, and I just remember seeing all that and just being like just just shocked that wow, someone actually made a video like this. This is what the hell is going on, man. <laughs> ah, and then uh, one more. Speaking of uh, prisons, 
is uh, Easy E going back to our uh, Compton, you know. Uh, I didn't, as much as I like NWA, I really couldn't stand Easy. I didn't like his flow. His voice to me was just irritating. But this song off of his album, um, that's the one he gets he uh, gets arrested on the night he's supposed to be performing at his concert. And so he goes, he get, he's in his cell, and somehow his inmates have camera equipment. Don't ask me how. They send a video feed to the stadium or the, the concert venue where he's performing. Again, don't ask me how. So they got this big screen at the concert. You got Brandon uh, Dre out there on the stage, you know, performing, and Easy's rapping from jail, rapping from the <laughs> from the cell. And like, what the what the hell? And then at the last verse, he leans forward. Apparently, he jumps right through the right through the camera lens, through the screen, lands there on stage in the full, you know, <laughs> L.A. Raiders gear, and just performs the rest of the song right there and everybody was crazy it was all kinds of bullshit but it's just <laughs> i love that video it just it, it just it was just that silly and just i, I, I liked it i really like that one let me talk about something else though speaking of these videos when you requested a video on the box they put it into a queue and if it had been played within the last 20 or 30 minutes depending on you know call volume you know, it wouldn't get played again for a while. They would wait until there was some space in between. Well, it wasn't always like that. In fact, around the time I started watching, there was times where you could see a video get played several times on it. I remember at one point, uh, they played Aisha by Another Bad Creation. They played that thing like five times in a row. Ugh. You know, and, and like we, I, I'm not going to front. I mean, I, hey, back then I liked the song, you know. But by the time they released um, their follow-up single, Playground, you know, I liked it. I was hot on it for maybe a couple more months. And then at that point, I just had it. I was like, I can't stand these little bastards anymore. Somebody get rid of them. Yeah, what if I say little bastards? What were they, like, my age at the time? <laughs> anyway, my point is, both, this, both those songs, especially Aisha, there were nights where they just this song would just get played like five, six times in a row. Well... It may not have been a person behind that. I read about this. Think about this. As a record executive, you probably put maybe tens of thousands or more into promoting an artist. I don't know what payola was like for radio stations back then, but I'm pretty sure it cost more than $3 a pop. Man, you see where I'm going here? Record execs got wise to the box. And so, you know, let's say they put up $30 and they just make the call and have this song playing all night and I mean think about that that's a drop in the bucket compared to what it usually costs to promote an artist or a song and that trick became known across the industry as jacking the box yeah I want to say those ABC songs were um, part of that um, there's another one I said we're going to stick to 1991 but this one actually came out in 1992 and this is off of uh DJ Quick's second album, and it was uh, Just Like Compton. And I bring that up not just because they're talking about St. Louis right here, but because I remember uh, me and my sister, we were out at some, we're somebody's house, I don't remember where, somebody's house, we were watching the box, and 
that song just kept getting played all night and I man I could say by the time that night was over I think I knew half I, I think I knew half the lyrics to that entire song just because it kept getting played and I don't have any way to prove it but I think that uh, whoever was behind that was Jack in the Box too so yeah folks I mean I man I could sit here all day and draw with you guys about all this stuff um, but unfortunately this is a .5 episode so I don't have all the time in the world to do that 1990 and uh, 91 and just you know that entire little small time period I mean it was it was magical in a lot of ways just because rap music just had so many different styles at the time I mean like it's, I, I, I was talking about a little bit of that earlier but you had you had you had your running you had music to do the running man too you know you had music that was a little more b-boy style you had the gangster rap which was in its infancy it hadn't taken over quite yet and you know in a couple of years you know you would see it become kind of the industry standard but right then it was just another form i mean you had uh political agendas in in, in music you had the paradigm shift like i said from east to west coast and you know, even um, Ghetto Boys from uh, Houston, you know, they were just starting to make their sense. So early um, Southern artists starting to come up. You have stuff that's just a little more whimsical. Like, for instance, um, I don't know, Main Source had a song where the whole the whole song was about a relationship that had gone sour, but that beat was something that made you want to get up and just shake your ass too. You know, I mean, just I mean, you never really knew what you were gonna get. You know. From, song to song you know on any given night you know so um the box really i think shaped a lot of my early listening preferences and if you really think about how it worked in a way you could say really that was the people you know this wasn't some radio station programming what the show was going to be it's not even local dj saying you know I'm gonna play this. This is the people calling up and saying, "Hey, this is what I want, and I want to play this. I want to put my money up, and I want to play this." And so, indirectly, we're kind of showing me the way. So, looking back on it, I mean, this is the point where I really think I finally realized myself. I really love music, you know, and I can't imagine it going any other way and arriving at that outcome without one this just having it happen at this time in this era and two without the box and i want to stay here longer maybe i have to come back and do another one of these because uh, i got so much more to talk about but um normally i'd sign off but i think i'm just gonna go ahead and take you guys out of here on the same song ha see what i did there see ya watch because my name is shock i like to rock and you can't stop this tupac go ahead and rock now i clown around when i hang around with the underground girls used to frown say i'm down when i come around gas me and when they pass me they used to diss me harass me but now they ask me if they can kiss me get your fame people change want to live their life high same song can't go wrong if i play the nice guy claiming fame must have changed now that we became strong i remain still the same because it's the same song and all I'm wearing is the same song Same old song, yeah